Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I am honored once again by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we go to those places where you have those mastermind meetings and aha moments that can change your trajectory or at least bring you a bit closer to your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. I'm coming to you today from my couch here in beautiful Las Vegas, known to some on some days as the hottest city in America. And I have somebody here who I've spoken with before. Uh, he is uh, he is a recent guest on our Brilliance Plus passion project and i knew as soon as i spoke with him there that we were going to have to have him over here on the business creators radio show his name is john morris and there's so much about him i'm actually going to have him tell you the story because he tells it better than i do the general idea of what we're going to be discussing today is about getting from where you are to where you want to be and how to get through the pillars of success if you're struggling in business but, John, first of all, come on in. The weather's fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Adam. It's super yep. to be here. And with all your wonderful listeners, I'm super excited about this year. Right, right, right. And uh, going along with this, I, uh, I at this point, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to have you tell us about yourself because uh, you tell the story so much more eloquently. And I know I have some really, really intriguing questions to, to, to share with you as we go along. But first of all, uh, you know, tell us a bit about what you bring to the table and then uh, give us a little bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Boy, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so literally, I mean, John Morris, you know, artist, author, coach for the creative mind, based on the West Coast of Scotland, student of psychology, philosophy, art, history, business, and theology. Uh, I like doing a lot of different things. Um, really, what we bring to the table is a lot of know-how and a lot of knowledge that is organic. It is real. It's not like 95% of the creators out there that are lying to you blatantly. Uh, and again, that's factual research. So that's not just me saying it, folks. Um, right. you know, we, we do stuff that's very honest, very straightforward. What we put out on social media is always our best content because it registers in the, in the people's minds and they say, well, if he's putting that out for free, then you know what the heck is the is the paid stuff like um right you know so with this we're really getting going with this we've you know had a lot of opportunities uh we're in the presence and in the process now of looking to uh grant fund for over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. uh you know that's going to be split a number of different ways a number of different avenues we're really at that point now where everything's clicking into place and uh, it, it really all, you know, is, is, it makes sense to me. I know how to build businesses regardless of what they are from, you know, the, the lower price point to your maximum price point and also how to get them to work. Plus, more so than that, it's also how to acquire funding, how to acquire finance, how to acquire uh, whatever it is that need teams uh, you know, knowing the value of teams, knowing that this is so much more divine than just me saying, you know, oh, it's me that wants to do this. You know, there's a lot more to that as well. Right. Um, knowing how to build projects, knowing how to build products and know how, know how to get them out there. And, um, you know, ultimately knowing how to list build. That's one of the biggest things that I would ever recommend to anybody. Right, right, right. OK, so uh, you come to us with a very interesting story Uh you know, we live in a small world, and I know that you're friends with uh, one of my clients and friends, Brad Zollis, and yep, yep. Uh, he and I connected because he got word that you were going to be here. Didn't even speak with him about it, but he got the word. I guess you and him might have connected. At any rate... Yeah, I was on, um, I was on his show. Yeah, at any rate, um, he, he 
suggested that I ask you about some certain conditions. And mm -hmm. what's interesting about it is how you can go blind in any second and recover a day later. Uh, yeah. I really want to unpack this because I actually think it creates a framework for what yeah. we're going to discuss. Absolutely. So it's a condition called amaurosis. Uh, throw into the mix as well dyspraxia, dyslexia, and colitis. And uh -huh. you've really got a recipe for... You know, and a lot of people, and I was told by this by the doctors, like, you know, 15 years old, you're basically diagnosed with colitis. Then you get all the other stuff along uh -huh. with it. And basically you're told, you know, sit in a chair and, and wait to die, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, and and uh, I don't know. I mean, I've never really been good at following people's advice unless I specifically request it. Uh, you know, and, and I just decided, you know, I, I just, it's like that, that isn't how the, the journey is, is going to go. Uh, uh -huh. it's not how the story is going to go. Um, you know, amaurosis came, uh, a number of years later when I was in Scotland and the first episode that I had with that, I was sitting on a train, literally going from Presswick, uh, or maybe even from air, uh, up to Paisley for, for university and, uh, sitting there looking out the window and my sight just completely went like, wow. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, literally, I was, and it was just fuzzy. It was like, uh, you know, the old TVs when you'd switch them on and you had to tune them in before yeah. you know, everything was basically just instant like it is now. That's what it was like. It was basically just blurry vision. And uh, the ticket conductor, you know, literally comes, talks to me, and he's just like, hey, can I check your ticket? And I'm like, really trying to play this down because uh -huh. you know, I don't want to freak out. Golden rule is it, it probably will fix itself. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, that that in itself, you know, was, uh, I can't say necessarily a scary thing. Um, uh -huh. I know a lot of people would probably be like, you know, that my goodness, that would just be terrifying. But the reason being is because my brain doesn't work that quickly. It doesn't respond to fear in the same way that people would think it would. So uh -huh. there situations before that it should be absolutely petrifying. And it's only like, you know, an hour or two later, uh -huh. when I'm finished with the situation, that's when it hits. Um but yeah, so, so what amaurosis is, is basically uh, the optical nerve spasming, where everybody's um, or most people's uh, optical nerve is literally just pulsating. And if obviously uh -huh. we're on video, I could show you. Um, mine, when, when that happens, it's literally like having an epileptic fit in the, in the optical nerve. It literally is just spasming out of control. Yeah, um, it writes itself. You know, some people get migraines from it. It's about one in one hundred thousand that 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 is going to be a you know condition, and that's going to be a a factor in people's lives. So it's incredibly uh -huh. rare. But when it does when it does come on board, uh, literally uh -huh. you've got to shut you got to shut down everything because you just you right. can't see. So yeah, well you know that uh, you know seems when I heard that and you told me the story it seems in a way sort of like a metaphor for kind of what we're actually going to be discussing here today the whole concept of how we get from where we are to where we want to be dealing with the struggles in business and as entrepreneurs we get a view of the world and business in a way that an employee doesn't we see the roller coaster ride that goes behind making payroll for example um, uh, that's just one of the things. Um, and then when you get unexpectedly wailed with a, um, with a, with a big automatic charge that you weren't expecting because you had just done a cash raise to get just enough money to cover things you were expecting. And now you've got about two hours to come up with a thousand dollars. I'm not saying anything that a lot of other people haven't told me that they've experienced. This is not new. So, when I heard your story, I was thinking of the metaphor of how abruptly those changes happen for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that's a fantastic point of view. And, and from it, uh, for me, and I, I said this anytime I, I begin working with a business partner, I intentionally eliminate as many potential things to go wrong as physically possible. That right. comes down to the careers that I work with in the art industry, the people that I work with, uh, both business partners and teams and staff. Um, right. You know, at the end of the day, part of the, the reason of really starting to understand financial intelligence and really how I got to this place um, in terms of the knowledge acquired was because a couple of years ago, I told my midsection, got really ill and uh, I was just like, okay, I, I need to really think now. By this point, I've been in business for about fifteen years. I'm I'm closing in on the twenty year mark, as we talked about right. last year. 
And, uh, you know, literally it was a case of, I need to get to a point now where if I don't work again, I, I literally, I, you know, not, not just me, but, but my family is taken care of, you know, acquiring right. business wealth is great. And I don't diminish it in any way, shape or form, but acquiring personal wealth is more important. And the problem that I have with a lot of entrepreneurs that are out there now, a lot of these social media influencers is they are giving really bad advice to very uh, easily influenced people right. on, on, you know, on how to do this and how to do that. And uh, it, it's fine for them. They've, they've you know, they, they've got no, you know, sort of uh, conscience about it. Uh, but for the people that are actually going through it, for every one success story of somebody, you know, getting a loan and 10x in what they're doing, there's a hundred thousand other people out there that didn't fill in their LLC application form properly, that didn't tick right. all the boxes, that didn't do everything properly. And like you rightly said, I mean, everything can come crashing down on you, which is why, again, we do not go for loans in any way, shape or form. We don't work with friends and best friends or family. We don't take money from them um, because right. literally, you, you know, you, you think that you've got all these uh, friends and everything. You owe them a couple of pounds here and there, a couple of dollars, and you watch how fast people turn. Uh, a friend yeah. today can be, you know, your, your worst enemy tomorrow, your worst nightmare tomorrow. Um so that was really, you know, the, the big turning point for me. There was a number of things that went on from sort of 2021 onwards. Uh, but that was a big turning point for me where I was like, okay, you've, you've taken care of your spiritual, you know, transformation and everything. Okay. Now it's time to, you know, take care of the financial stuff. And you can learn all of this stuff. Uh -huh. um, so, I mean, I was just two years studying financial intelligence before I actually, you know, did stocks and shares before I did investments, before I started building courses and really building, you know, the six pillars of business that we have now, uh, you know, and and I'm more honestly, I'm, I'm more interested in what I'm doing now because I have a philosophy just just before we move on from this, that when mm -hmm. you're, you know, sort of not to 30s, I would say that you want to be learning. Uh, oh, so, sorry, not to tw not to 20. You want to be learning. 21 to 30s, 40s, 50s, you want to be doing. 60s and above, you want to be teaching. Um, so I'm more right. interested in actually doing in this phase in my life rather than, as a lot of other folks are doing, it's like, well, I, I make it look like my course is working, but really it isn't. So I'm going and teaching this stuff. Um, right. And I would rather be the philosophy that that I can do and I can teach and I can capitalize off both versus you know those who can do and those who can't teach well i do both so, right <laughs> a mixture of that well again it's another case where um as i see it we have binary choices inflicted on us but it's not always that simple mm -hmm. i mean it seems like regardless i mean to me of what we're doing uh, at any point in our day uh there's some sort of binary choice we have to take uh and one is right and one is wrong but what about nuance because the gray area is where a lot of things seem to happen Mm -hmm. And I don't mean gray is in morally questionable. I mean, yeah. gray is in not cut and dried. Mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting concept for sure. You know, the whole, so in some ways, preconditioned idea of, of good and bad, right and wrong. You know, the, the way that I kind of look at it and, and where I'm at right now in 2024, um, it literally comes down to you only ever have two choices to make. Are you going to do it or are you not? Um, right. And it is that simple. Everything else is fluff. You know, you've only two emotions that are actually worthwhile, which is love or fear. You know, everything else navigates and builds uh, out of these two emotions. Uh, it's all fluff. And that's why people get caught up. And uh, I found myself in a situation recently where I was basically, you know, having, having to make that decision. And, uh, you know, you can wrestle yourself around in many, many circles and say, you know, do I do this, do I that? doesn't matter. All that you need to know is, are you going to do it or you're not? So even with colitis, amaurosis, dyslexia, dyspraxia, all the other things going on, family dramas, all that, mm -hmm. are you going to do this or are you not? That's all that matters in life. Right, 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 right. So one of the things that I see is that oftentimes we don't know where to go. Mm -hmm in our journey uh we can be given some sort of map but it may not really tell us the whole picture we may be given some sort of formula but not it's like 
the analogy I use is when you look up in a recipe on the internet and they say the seven ingredients, but they don't say how much of the seven ingredients. Uh, they show you pictures and you're expected to just sort of figure it out from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I would completely agree with that. I think some of the times, though, that people do know exactly where they're, they're meant to be and what, what, what it is that meant to do. But uh -huh. based on societal, you know, ideologies, constraints, what other people think, which is a really dangerous game to play. Yeah. Uh, I think what it comes down to is there's not a lack of resources to make whatever it, you want to do happen. There's a lack of resolve to make happen. And I'll give a prime right. example. Just before Christmas, uh, 2023 was a really massive year for us. So we sat down at the end of 2023 and we're, we're kind of sort of closing everything up, you know, we're all ready for a big break and everything. And I haven't had a, 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 a decent break by that point in 150 days. So you're looking at yep. basically since summer, you know, I've been working and uh, my VA who put this together, you know, she said, uh, you know, there's an NFL football player that, that's interested in talking with you and, and doing a deal and, and all this kind of stuff. And we talked about it. Now, the deal that he pitched me was, you know, I was just like, this is this is dumb. The deal I pitched him was basically uh, a deal for 2.4 million that we had on the table. Right. Um, one of the biggest deals, you know, that I, I'd ever been involved with. So I was super excited just to pitch that deal. Uh -huh. um, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's someone else that wants a meeting and someone else that wants a meeting and so on, so on. So on. Uh, and it literally gets to the point of, you know, okay, that didn't happen. Uh, there was a time where we didn't get funding that we really thought we needed for staff. Uh -huh. And it, it just it just kept coming back to, okay, that didn't happen. Move on. That didn't happen. Move on. That didn't uh -huh. happen. Move on. And there was literally, I mean, even in 2024, there was hurdles. If you are getting into business, if you're going to try and do anything, there are going to be hurdles that you literally have to go through. If you're going to be a best-selling author, do you think uh -huh. somebody is just going to give you the keys to the kingdom and say, right, here, your first book, here's 50 grand. J.K. Rowling for her first book of the Harry right. Potter series, I think, made about seven seven thousand dollars, which is about three thousand uh, pounds. You know that's that. But again, you you drive forward. You say, okay, fine, that didn't work. Bang, let's do something else. Let's do something else. Let's do something else. Let's reapply. I found out actually from the funding committee that not back our grant application. Everything was done perfect, and okay. I asked them for it. They said we strongly advise you to request the application papers and everything that have all of our notes on. It was basically a wink, wink. We believe in what you're doing. We believe in what you're about. And we want to help you get this money. And what it came down to, our competency was high. Our ability was high. Our execution, everything was high. And everything was, you know, um, as high as it could be. But the one thing we didn't do to enough extremist detail was the specifics on how we would market, which type of the three types of marketing were we going to do? How were we going to do it? Who were we going to approach? And they mean they want everything down to your client's blood sample. Mm -hmm. That's the level of detail that you have to go to sometimes. So it's it's always a case of, like you say, I mean, some people genuinely sit there and, and they, they, they feel like they don't know where they're going. The best thing you can do is, is ask God, is, is literally sit there and say, what, what am I here for? What are you passionate about? What is it that you do? You're in control. You decide what you want to do. You figure out what it is that you want to do and you work backwards. And you can do that as many times throughout your life as you like. It is that simple. But then you've got to take action to make happen whatever it is that you want. Right. So, uh, you know, you can ask God and they say that God always answers, but sometimes he says no. It's an interesting concept. Uh, why God would ask, or why, if, if you were genuinely asking God, you know, what is it that I'm meant to do with my life? What is it that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about? Why God would turn around and say no to that? I, I don't know. It might be more often than not that people tell God what they want to do. And, you know, you think you know what you want to do. You think you're ready to be a millionaire. I mean, how many people have, you know, both you and I, Adam, you know, I guarantee you people have said, oh, well, I could do what you do. Uh, really? You you could get up at six o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, start work, not finish till midnight, do the podcast, do the meetings, do all the other stuff, manage teams, then put products together and all this other stuff that's going on. Um, 
because as nice as you know the the millionaire kind of thing is you know at the same point there's a heck of a lot of work that goes into it that the majority of people would not be able to handle you know it, it's it's crazy that the level of work that and especially if you do multiple businesses right 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 and what i what i meant by that is i've also heard uh and this has been told to me that when mm-hmm. as they say god says no it's because however you conceive of God, uh, he or she or what have you, is actually trying to take away a distraction mm-hmm. so that you can clearly see a much bigger picture that they have in mind for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that goes back to the, the point that you know we we're just talking about, that people think they know what they want to do, but they thought they knew what they wanted to do two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, and each time it changes. Uh, you know, that's always the really interesting point. Now, I've I've had a very unique journey. We've covered a little bit of that so far. I'm sure we're going to cover more of it as the show progresses. Uh, but but what I found is for the majority, we're certainly where I'm at right now, uh, you know, I know exactly what it is that I'm here to do. I know exactly what it is that, you know, it is my, my purpose. And people will be shocked by it um, because it's not oftentimes what people think it is. A lot of the other stuff is fluff. But sometimes you may uh-huh. have to do some of the fluffy stuff to get things set up so as you can do, you know, what it is that you believe that you're here to do. Uh, you know, and and if you're, you know, getting that 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 silent treatment and things and uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, sometimes God's waiting for you to make a decision and say, what do you want to do? You know, it's like you're uh-huh. always looking to, to to me, but what do you want to do? You have that right. same divine power inside you that runs through me and, right uh, and that's that's you know in every historical um spiritual text that exists and that's where your theology comes in uh-huh. uh you know and that that's what people again the, the more that you know the more that you actually realize oh wait there's a lot more going on here than what i first thought right 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 absolutely so I'm going to ask you a, and again, uh, you are taking this from a macro point of view. So I want to, to a degree, balance this with a micro point of view. Okay. So part of what we're discussing is if you find yourself struggling in business and the pillars of success. First of all, I'm not sure if you've actually itemized them, but what are the pillars? So for, for me, uh, the pillars for me are the different areas of business that I work in, whether it's the creative mm-hmm. industry, whether it's the coaching industry, uh, and we've got six different businesses, again, and they sort of, they do, as much as possible, if you're going to have multiple businesses, you want to have them uh, almost overlinking. So for example, creative business made simple, I know I can partner up with Art from the Heart because it's the same audience for the most part. Uh, you know, again, the same with in, in the wrestling industry. I can talk about that because, again, you know, the stuff that's going on now with the WWE, the sex scandals with Vince McMahon, the stuff that's going on with uh-huh. their positioning, what they're doing. You know, you can learn a lot from business by watching and talking about some of these bigger things. Um, so the, the, the pillars for me really... Yeah, as I say, you've got three industries uh, or three businesses that are in the painting industry and the creative industry, whether or not that's, you know, creating custom made artwork of pets and portraits, whether it's landscape, seascapes, you know, whatever, Um, whether it's teaching artwork. And then on the flip side of that, you've also got how to build a successful business, how to build a Uh successful creative business, how to build a successful art business, on and on and on. Um, so you always really want to have things that cross over. I think when people run into danger, oftentimes is when they do something that completely uh, is 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 apart from you know what it is that they the the the, the rest of the businesses do. So that'd be like me going being an engineer, for example. It wouldn't make sense with the other six businesses. Um, uh-huh. You know, it just it wouldn't cross over as much. Right. If that answers your question. Uh, yeah, in a way, yeah, in a way, it does. Uh... And also looking from a micro perspective, uh, let's say that you are, hey, I'm, I'm going to ask this question because I think you might have a different perspective on it or something to give us to think about. I see a lot of ads, particularly on on Facebook for courses, and mm-hmm. I'm not putting any of these down because I've taken a couple of these little courses and they've actually given me some great insights. But the premise behind them is 
if you need to make a thousand dollars within the next hour, what would you post? So uh, that's not actually the question I'm asking you. Okay. What I'm asking is <laughs> if you need, because yeah, I heard that. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> no, no, I, I knew the answer to it. It was just a case of which product I would go with first. Right, 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 right. But uh, let's say, let me just ask you that question. If uh, somebody needed to raise a thousand dollars in an hour, what would be the what? What could be the fastest approach to doing that? So, the, well, there's a number. It depends on a lot of things. But the first thing that I would say is a person's competency. So for me, mm -hmm. and I can only speak for me, um, prime example, stocks and shares. Uh, there are a number of companies out there right now that are really growing fast. Mm -hmm. uh, it depends as well. Are we talking somebody who has initial capital to start up or somebody who's flat broke? Right. Because if we're talking about somebody who's flat broke, who has no money at all, what I would do then is say, right, what skills do you have? What skills do you make? So, for example, again, prime example, if I had no money at all, it all left. The first thing that I would do would be to take a photograph of one of my former um, custom paintings, probably of a white cat. And I would post mm -hmm. in all of the cat groups. Now, yeah. organically, you could spend, you know, 50000 dollars or whatever and reach you know maybe, maybe a million people i could post in 10 15 20 groups from the reputation that i built up over the last 20 years and uh -huh. reach probably close to you know five million organically that i don't have to pay a dime for then right. you start to have that conversation with people it does take a little bit longer so again in an hour you know i mean you, you would be hard pressed if, if if you've if you've got to that stage where you know, you uh -huh. need to make money in an hour. Uh, something's really gone wrong with your observational skills. Something's really gone wrong with your financial management, financial intelligence. Um, I think by that point, if I needed to make that level of money that quick, I'd probably be ringing, you know, that would be the exception, ringing parents uh, or ringing friends and saying, hey, you know, I need to make this money. Um, or the church that I used to work for. Uh, -huh. uh probably wouldn't fly nowadays but certainly back then um but but yeah the, the, there's a number of things so i would look at a person's competency what you know do they have money to to invest if they don't have money to invest in the flat broke then i would basically be out on the streets looking for something that i can uh you know that's either broken that i can fix or somebody that i can use my skills to help build their business in return uh -huh. for them paying right all right, that makes the case. So basically, basically, that's almost a standard answer. But what I liked is you put a different spin on it. So you, you know, you're an artist. So you've done paintings, and yeah. you have you have this particular painting of a white cat. Yeah. So take a picture of it, put it in the cat groups, and look for somebody who's going to get excited about having that painting. Well, it's, it's not even that. What you, you, that's not necessarily the thing that you want to do. What you want to do is basically look for somebody who has cats, who mm -hmm. has seen that painting, is like, oh, wow, he's painted this painting of somebody else's cat. Right. I want him to paint a picture of my cat. So instead of, you know, just trying to sell one picture, I've now got 5 million people. Well, if 1% of the, those people see that ad or even 0.1%, you know, see it, and respond, I'm not only building up my audience, but then the potential of massive clientele to paint for is, is just, you know, multiple times, like 50 times, 100 times, 1,000 times, uh, compared to what other people could do just trying to sell one item. And that's the difference when you take on custom orders and you know how to do it. It's like, okay, I've got this painting, done this painting, it's sold, wonderful. Here's what I could do for you. That's that's the key that's the key right there this is what and then you can do that with dogs you can do that with people you can do that rabbits horses guinea pigs if you're good enough and you post art into all those pages i guarantee you will get sales the idea of using that painting as an example to potentially yes. get a retainer today to paint paint yes. somebody else's pet correct that's correct. perfect so basically you do the work once you get paid forever right that's that's fantastic. That's great. So uh, let's see. Where did I want to go next? I had a few other things that were actually a little bit outside of what we were originally planning to cover here, but um, I thought might be pretty interesting. So absolutely. Um, so overall, and this is I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up here. 
what where do your ideas come from every uh, every idea is divine quite honestly and i know people may hear that and they're like ah, believe uh-huh. me, there is nothing there is nothing that is uh you know you can touch taste see smell you know that hasn't come from a thought you know again just look around you every single came every single thing came from a thought so for me mm-hmm. with the new novel series that i'm working on which again is still hush hush we are almost at the point now where we're we're, we're ready to really unload this in a big way right. uh you know it I, honestly when this came out it wasn't just a case of one book, by the way, that, that's 800 and something pages um, of really great historical fiction. It's a phenomenal story. Uh, but this was, you know, a, an initial series of 11 books with four spin-offs uh-huh. and then a multiple. This, I mean, this was, I think it's like about 25 different books now. And I see every single aspect of it play out in my mind like a film. Um, right. there is literally, I mean, you know, even the team will be like, you know, go and talk to John. He's the ideas guy. All I do is I just, I, I put it out there. I say, God, I just, I, you know, I need to know that, you know, an idea or I need something, uh, you know, whether it's AI, whether it's, you know, whatever direction that I'm wanting to go in next. And then I just leave it in the hands of God. And, uh, you know, literally within sometimes minutes, sometimes hours, sometimes days, the next step will come along and that's that's it you know that that literally mm-hmm. is like oh wow okay <laughs> that that was easy to do uh you know and and mm-hmm. i think honestly people get so stuck because they literally try to force things to happen well if you've ever watched a child you know playing with things and they're trying to force the blocks into a cube or whatever you know you know that they're going to end up breaking it that's what that's again that's part of the process but adults do the same thing as well so you always want to let everything flow when you get to that point of a creative block, step away from it. Step away from it. Put it in the hands of God. And, you know, there have been times that I've been sitting at my computer and I've been like, God, I need the answer to this. And I ste- the answer came and it was step away for now. Go and chill out on the sofa. Go play a game. Go watch a video. Go, do, go watch a film. And literally, yeah. as I was watching that film, an entire paragraph, an entire chapter, an entire half of the book <laughs> came to me. Wow. You know, so- has always come to you flow through you and out of you we never we never own anything it's one of the biggest delusions that human beings have we never own anything we just experience everything we never own anything we just experience everything that's what you just said yeah correct okay that's that is a that is a very interesting um thought and what i also noticed in in my own life is that sometimes i get my most creative ideas when I'm doing the most rote possible activities. Yes. <laughs> I think now I've, I've, now I've heard there's actually a science behind that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So again, like do, doing the dishes, for example, uh-huh. um, you know, one of the best times, if you want to learn how to be a really good speaker, a really good communicator, you've got multiple times during the day. And it drives me insane when, when clients will say, Oh, well, I've just no time to practice. So how many times a day do you go to the, the toilet, the loo? Uh, how many times right. a day are you having, you know, a, a wash or a bath? How many times a day are you, you know, cooking or making uh, some food? How many times a day are you traveling to and from work? How many times a day are you doing the dishes? Uh-huh. Those are some of your best interview times. Right. Uh, as a guy with dyspraxia, I know that if I don't practice speaking, uh, I actually can lose the ability to speak coherently. And, and right. you know, again, if you're a podcast host, if you're a show host and everything, you rely on the ability not just to speak, but to be animated, to be alive and to be, you know, for something to be there. That takes practice, you know, to speak uh, comfortably and cognitively uh, and, and hopefully sound at least that little bit educated. You need to not only read the stuff, listen to the stuff, listen to the audiobooks, but then you need time to process it so you can then reverberate it in a way that makes sense, uh, you know, for, uh-huh. for people to listen to. Because some of this stuff, like, you know, again, you get into existentialism and philosophy and everything else. Right. It's the majority of people to understand. So that's part of the job that I do is to take these complicated things, let them filter through my mind, and then just, you know, then be able to talk about it. But that's, as you, as you rightly said, Adam, you know, it, it's it's sometimes in the mundane tasks uh, that your greatest ideas will come to you. I, I tend to find it's it's sometimes when I'm about to go to bed, 
You know, you, you turn off the lights and there's a chapter that you've been working on as a specific phrase that is just like amazing. And you've got to write it down really quickly. And you have to write it down because if you ignore it, guess what? You've got another 50 or 60,000 thoughts coming along on the conveyor belt of life's activity and you will miss it. So you always right. want to have some form of note-taking device. And your mobile phone is a great one. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the... Um you know, the mobile phone thing is, uh, you know, having some sort of note taker thing or having the ability to give yourself voice notes, although then you have to go back and retrieve those later. I personally, and this is just me, I'm not a big fan of, uh, especially when people send me voice notes, I, like I don't want to listen to them unless the person is paying me uh, to be there, you know, unless the person is paying me as my, as my client. Yeah. Because, and here, and here's the reason why it has to do with kinesthetics. I get a vo I get a voice note in my messenger. I now have to I now have to hold the phone up to my ear and play it. Yeah. And then I have to uh and then I have to um uh you know, sometimes I've listened to it three or four times mm -hmm. and if they gave me in any information that I need to do something, I might have to listen to it a few more times. Like, so let's say yeah. a phone number or a link or something like that. Whereas something in text, uh, well, I can see it, and if need be, I can copy paste it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do send voice messages quite a lot, but that's usually because I'm going from one area to the next, and to you know, to stand and text something for, mm -hmm. for me, you know, you can end up walking into things. But the, the other thing is as well, I think, and again, a lot of people probably don't realize this, but everything you put in a text, um, it is a legal sort of uh, statement that you're putting out there, even if it's a private thing. Uh, and, you know, if, if the case ever comes to it, that's why a lot of people and business people always say never put anything in writing. Uh, you know, and, and I get it. I mean, you know, a lot of the multi-billionaires, they've, they've a right to be <laughs> paranoid uh, about right. a lot of things. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting for sure. Right, right, right. Well, you know, uh, you know, if it's recorded, it can still come back to you. Yeah, absolutely, because it's your voice, and then obviously you've got to prove that you know that that is your voice, and or, or you know that it isn't your voice, and, and you know whatever it might be. Right, right, and even you know, you know, even when you think about the content of it, uh, mm -hmm. could be could be the issue. So, yeah. um, so with with all with all that in mind, and you know, we have maybe about ten minutes here, so mm -hmm. as you always be to head toward wrapping up here um let me just ask you overall what inspires john morris uh history uh okay. time periods places that i can visually see in my mind uh but ultimately i think it's the next big project we, we were just talking about this in a team meeting last week um and each person was going around and saying what what it is and as i'm thinking about it i thought well, I've just finished writing, you know, two books. I'm very near, near, near finishing the third. And um, there's times that you sit there and think, oh, you know, this is, it's so precious. You want to hold on to it. You want to love it. And you're going to be really upset when it's finished. And it's the journey. And I found that I wasn't. And I found that uh -huh. over and over again, regardless of the career that I've been in, whether it's bodybuilding, music, youth work, art, ministry, whatever. Um, when it's come to the end, I've been ready to move on to that next you know, adventure. And, uh, you know, I, I always sort of folks enjoy the process when you're going through it, because at some point it is going to end, you're going to move on, but you move on to the next great adventure, whatever that looks like. And I think that's what inspires me the most. Right, right. Absolutely. So, so my, I'm surrounded here by my, by my podcast production team, who are uh, Princess Alessandra Francesca and Princess Stella Giuliana, and they are both black cats, and they're curious about why a white cat? Because you mentioned the painting of a white yeah, cat. Yeah. So the, the answer to that is really simple. Uh, I mean, I've painted cats now, again, for close to 20 years. The white cat uh -huh. statistically is always the one, whenever I put that out anywhere on Facebook, all over the world, it is always the one that gets maximum results, uh, you know, oh. and it's been tried and tested. Um, that's always the one. It's this specific painting. It is a specific where it's literally zoomed up so close 
that all you can see is the the cat's face, the the fur, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, and that's the portrait. It, it's it's you know it's it's really you know a powerful piece, and literally, I mean that that one commission alone has probably made you know thousands and thousands of dollars just on the on, on the premise of uh, being able to reshare a photo of me standing there. Big smile on my face, you know, looking, uh -huh. you know, hey, I've, I've just done this. And, uh, you know, and, and people look at what you can do. They visualize it in their own mind. And they're like, if you can do that for someone else, could you do that for me? Right. Right. Another comment is, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you're in about five businesses. Yeah. And uh, at least. <laughs> and I, and I want to get your insights on this because we have, you know, a lot of us have seen that book called The One Thing. Mm -hmm. And we get told that uh, we really want to focus on just one thing at a time, uh, yeah. achieve one thing at a time. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is one of the frustrations I deal with uh, with folks who express interest in my Launcher Podcast Fast program is they say, I want to do a podcast, but right now I'm focusing on this one other thing. I'm thinking my program is based on the idea that you do an interview with me and answer a few questions and the rest of it's mm -hmm. done for you. It's like, while you're doing that other thing, this other, I, I just need you from time to time to sign off on stuff, mostly. Yeah. It's not a, even a big time effort. It's it's taking mm -hmm. out of your hands. But this whole thing, you know, permeates to the point of, if you're doing anything other than the one thing you're working on, then it's a complete distraction. Your market's going to look at it and think that basically, basically everything you're doing is a clusterfuck because how can they say you're in podcasting if you're also in assessments? How can they say that uh, you're in uh, content marketing when you're also a painter? Uh, I, you know, I have a, I have a friend who is, um, you know, who uh, is in real estate. Uh, he has a social media marketing company and he also wrote a book about his experiences in prison and how he, and and the skills that he learned in prison and how this helped him when he got out so that he didn't get caught in the recidivism trap and was able to build a business and he uses this to go back into prisons and mentor mm -hmm. uh people who are going to be released soon to show them there's a new way and somebody uh you know messaged me about him and they say you know I see what he's doing and but he's he's supposed to be doing he's supposed to be a social media marketing guy. What the hell is all this prison stuff? This is a distraction. Who's in, who's going to take him seriously if he's talking about jail? And but yeah, you're you're probably having the same reaction I am. Just to that thought. No, quite uh, quite honestly, I'm not because again, when when you know how to set up business um, and you know how to diversify, you can do a lot of different things. Uh, you can build up a lot of different audiences. So the, the answer to that is really simple. Uh, a lot of people are now recognizing, oh, wait, I actually can do something different. And, and I talk about this a number of times in books, a number of times on shows, you know, lists are your best friend. So I'll give you a prime example. My day will normally start anywhere between four and six, uh, maybe seven in the winter, because I tend to right. sleep in more in the winter because it's darker. Uh -huh. uh, immediately, I will get up. I will make myself a cup of tea. I will sit down. I will be either writing or editing uh, the novel series. Then I will have either breakfast with my wife or I'll go in the gym. Then from there, I will go upstairs and I'll be doing the blog about creative business made simple. Uh, from there, we'll probably have lunch. And in the afternoon, you know, basically you've got, well, you might be, uh, you know, doing a course on artificial intelligence. You might be doing a podcast on business. You might be painting uh, you know, you might be packing paintings, shipping paintings, booking the courier, managing a team. All uh -huh. of those things you can do, uh, you know, but again, to the credit, you are only focusing on one thing at a time. You do that one job, you move on again. And this is how you can build up extraordinary wealth. Then you might be doing stocks and shares. You might be checking out how, you know, your latest stocks are, uh, are progressing or not, as the case may be. Um, you got to keep your finger on the pulse. You know, while you're painting, you might be listening to a podcast on financial intelligence or AI uh -huh. or a book on Emmanuel Kant's, you know, existentialism or whatever you want to, you know, go for. You can do a lot of things and people get so limited. And this is what was, you know, brings us somewhat full circle back to, you know, the, the dumbness of the majority of these social media influencers that are out there that have no idea what they're talking about. Dave Patel, a friend of ours from TikTok, literally... 
Uh, I mean, we, Alex Hamonzi, myself, and those others uh, concluded that 95% of people online that are claiming to be millionaires are lying. Uh, there's only yeah, really? Yeah, but here's, here's the other kicker. The majority of people online that are claiming, you know, and, and have these multi-million follower accounts, the majority are making $358 a month. Okay? $358 a month? $358 a month. That is why, again, you only want to listen to people's opinions if they've done what you, uh, you want to do for longer and had more success than you have. That's why I don't listen to a whole lot of people's opinions. So getting back to you, your original point, I do so many things because if I was just to be locked in a room all day and told, right, well, you need to paint from dawn till dusk, I would go out of my mind. I'd be bored stupid. My body physically would not be able to handle it now. The same right. with writing, the same with podcasting. The same, I need the variety in my life. And guess what? When you know how to build up business, you know how to get grant funding, you know how to acquire wealth, you know how to do this stuff, you can do this over and over and over and over again. You know, And it is literally the simplest of things. It just takes some time to build up. Now, where we're at right now is there are several really big things that are on the horizon. And I'm looking uh -huh. at it thinking, oh boy, been here before. Uh, uh -huh. But it's literally, okay, list them out and work through them one by one. Build the website uh -huh. for Team Life Coaching. Get the domain sorted out. Get the copyright sorted out. Acquire the next, you know, sort of season of funding, which means you've got to sit and do, you know, funding applications. Well, with ChatGPT, you know, that levels the playing field. Uh, you know, list these things out. You can do all of these different things, but, 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 but you must do one thing at once. So I wouldn't be funding uh, or grant application funding and painting at the same time. And I wouldn't be podcasting and, and trying to make content at the same time. You know, with regards to content, we bulk create content. So literally I'll record, you know, 104 videos of podcasts and things within a two month radius and that's uh -huh. our entire year's worth of content done and dusted. Then if I need to make any sort of special announcements or anything, well, I can do that. And you've basically freed up a year or two, basically, to, to do the other stuff that you need to do. All the while long, you are developing and building relationship with people. So think smart. Right, right, right. So uh, let me phrase the question a slightly different way. Uh, and maybe you answered this and I missed it or maybe I needed to phrase this a different way. Okay, um, you described a typical day in the life of John Morris, who yeah. may be working on some things that are public and also mm -hmm. may be working on some things uh, that are things in development in the background. Yeah. I'm referring to being, uh, you know, being public, uh, what mm -hmm. people see in your social media, what they see in your email promotions. Yeah. And you may be in multiple different markets in the same day. So what, what I would suggest then with that, if you are, let, let, let's go, let, let's, let's actually pick some uh, professions just to make it a little bit easier. If you're an, uh, an engineer right. and you're also a real estate agent, okay, let's pick two polar opposite things. So I'm not going to email um, a real estate agent um, sort of group and, and followers and people that are interested, audience, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not going to email them information about engineering because they could care less but right i'm going to be building multiple audiences so for example paint our pet i'm not going to be talking to them in any way shape or form about my mountain paintings about creative business made simple about teen life coaching about anything else other than pets right and all the content is there i built it up over 20 years so i've got you know 20 years worth of content and paintings and videos that i can share with people and you build it through the facebook groups um, you build it through Instagram. The same with Mountain Man Art. Mountain Man Art, is, you know, I'm not going to be sharing uh -huh. anything with regards to pet paintings or with regards to people paintings or with regards to creative business made simple. My generic audience who just loves my personal brand and what I do, I'm going to share everything with them. And if they don't like it, they're going to tell me because they won't be interested. They won't like, they won't share, they won't comment, they won't do anything. And that's how you know if you're if you're exhausting an audience. So all you do is really simple. You have your current audience and you create mm -hmm. Facebook business groups. And if you've got paint up, pet, teen life coaching, art from the heart, whatever. Yep. All you do then is invite the people on your list to follow. 
If they follow, it's because they want to know more about this. If they don't, it's because they don't care. You know, and that's how you can do multiple things. So if it's your personal brand, and this this is where it gets a little bit trickier, more so on Instagram. If, again, you're a real estate agent and you're an engineer, you can, you, you got to be careful how you do it, but you can cross over the audiences because they're more interested in your personal brand. Uh, you know, sometimes you are going to put out content that is just for fun and for engagement. Other times you're going to put out content for making money and building business. And, and that's, you know, that's fine. You can do that. But each platform is going to offer a different thing. Does, does that answer your question? Yes, actually, it does. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the answer that I not that I'll say I was expecting a specific answer, but <laughs> you actually did get where I was going with it. Uh, because what I was getting at is, I mean, I'm I'm on uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of you know scrolling through social media as I have this conversation. Mm-hmm. One of the many reasons we do the Business Creators Radio Show in audio only format is so I don't have to hold my media pose. Yeah, because these are because these are not Q and A type interrogatories. These are mastermind conversations. And let's think about John when you're having a, a conversation at the mastermind level with somebody. Mm-hmm. Are you like? holding a media pose, staring straight into a <laughs> webcam. Uh, imagine, I mean, you're likely to have this. I mean, let's use our mutual friend Brad Zollis as an example. Yeah. Have you met him personally? Yeah, yeah. well, I've, I've met him uh, since we've been doing the shows. That's probably as close, but we've never met in the flesh. Okay, so let's say you met him in the flesh, as you would mm-hmm. say. Uh, let's uh, And let's make it real easy. Let's say he goes over to the United Kingdom and uh, you and him go to a pub uh, for some fish and chips. Did I get yeah. all that right so far? Sounds good. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, okay. My very limited knowledge of uh, English slang is uh, is helping me. Now, are you going to be sitting at a table in the pub where you're on one side of the table, he is on the other side of the table, and you're both sitting in perfect poses with your elbows just off the edge of the table, your hands in front of you, your shoulders squared, staring each other in the eyes the whole time? No. I mean that that's the game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's what that's what being on Zoom calls is like. Yeah. What's more likely to happen is you and him may not even be directly facing each other. Mm-hmm. You may be sort of sitting kind of side by side. You look over at each other occasionally and you're having a conversation that uh that in some ways ebbs and flows. So let's say you ask Brad a really provocative question about something or a real brain teaser. Now he may not be able to fire off an answer to you instantly, but you'll notice some changes in his posture. He may yes. lean back in the chair. He may cross or uncross his legs. He may put his thumb and forefinger on his chin, the mm-hmm. universal I'm thinking about it sign. Yeah. But he's going to do something with his body language and his kinesthetics that is going to signal to you nonverbally, give me a sec here. Yeah. I got to think about this one. Just hang loose. Absolutely. Now, if you were now when you're on a Zoom call with him, and you're doing this whole thing where you're yeah you're staring each other in the webcam, (laughs) and you ask him that same question and he doesn't answer within a second and a half, you're like, Brad, are you there? Are you connected? Mm -hmm. You gonna answer this? And that's a feature of getting zoomed out. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the the majority of the time, you know, my VA will always say, probably not so much now, but certainly used to, it's like, you know, good luck, you know, you you may need to prepare anything. It's like, how am I meant to prepare for a a call that I have no idea what people are going to ask me? Right. Uh, So the, the way that I look at it is, again, you learn as much stuff as you can. And confidence comes from knowing that you know what you're talking about. You can always tell uh-huh. when, when people know what they're talking about because right. they don't have to necessarily just sit there and think forever. Sometimes it's a good time, you know, to, to, to think and, and pause. Uh, you know, business partners of mine, Laurie and Eric Bischoff, when they came over in, uh, I think it was September of last year, we went out to dinner and there was conversation again that ebbed and flowed. You know, we were together for about two hours. Uh-huh. It flew by. But it was exactly the same thing. You know, there were times that you were more engaged with Laurie. There was times that I was more engaged with Eric. There was times that they were chatting with my wife. You know, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm going out with somebody, I'm more engaged about the food. You know, I'm going to have a great time with my friends. But (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like if the food's great. You know, I'm, I'm literally it's like, sorry, guys, I'm, I'm you know, we'll, we'll talk and whatever, but I've, I'm engaged with the food. 
Um, yeah, but and I, I if, yeah, and if you yeah. also noticed, if I may, uh, if you also noticed mm -hmm. that um, when you're in these types of uh, hangouts uh, where you're having these mastermind level conversations, every so often you may, you know, one of you may pick up your mobile device and uh, check yeah. it real quick, and then everybody mm -hmm. checks theirs. Yeah, it well, only lasts it, it only lasts for about a minute, and then you all put it down and resume. Mm -hmm. Now yeah, you hear, like I hear all the yeah, and I hear all these memes about. Well, that's rude to look at your phone like that. Now, there's a difference between occasionally scan it because maybe you got an alert yeah. versus being on it the whole damn time. Yeah. So, uh, and sometimes you have to look at, you know, some of the factors in the way smartphones in particular are designed to create addiction. I was involved in a startup and I, people used to, complain it seemed like i spent too much time staring at my phone during their meetings right well i'm going to tell you candidly their meetings were boring as fuck yeah yeah it was the same damn conversation mm -hmm. over and over and over again with no actions like they were having meetings for the sake of having meetings where the same people asked the same questions like they were earning participation points or something so first of all i thought the entire exercise was 90% of it was a waste of my time because I wasn't seeing any action. I wasn't seeing yeah. any progress. Now, the second thing is, is the owner of the startup asked me, he went, he went through a sequence with me. The first question he asked is, why do you pick up your smartphone while we're in the meetings? And he said, That's, I'm not asking that to be judgmental. Mm -hmm. Why? What do you do? What is the catalyst? And I said, well, I'll see a little, I'll see the little light blinking or maybe I'll have an app open and it'll ding. It says, okay, so you pick it up and you check that. What happens next? I check and see what time it is. The issue was I just needed to know what time it is. And you know how we don't yeah. really wear watches anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The watch is on the smartphone. So you, mm -hmm. know how we, you know how we uh, mitigated the issue of me picking up the phone and looking at it the whole time? Go for it. It's real simple. There was a clock on the wall in that room. I always took a seat where I could see the clock. Yeah. So every so often I could just glance up. And it wasn't even, you know, I, I, I mentioned I felt like the means were a waste of time, but it wasn't even mm -hmm. within that context. It was just, I'm just one of those people who always needs to know what time it is. Yeah. So have me facing a clock. I can occasionally do a quick glance and I know exactly what time it is. I don't need to look at the device to get the time which means I can set it aside and those alerts can wait a little longer. What kept me really going back to it is I really needed to know what time it was, regardless of what the original catalyst was. It, it's, it is interesting for sure. I mean, you know, and, and I completely, you know, agree with you. Time to me seems mm. to, to flow in and out, honestly, because when, when you work, you know, again, from home, you know, days just sort of blur into want to do that. What I would have suggested, it's not so much that you're picking up the phone. I, as the business owner, then would have questioned, are our meetings actually necessary? Like, again, you know, if you're having that same conversation over and over and over again, that comes down to the business owner. And it's like, right. if, we're not, if we're having it over and over again, it means either somebody's not understanding or it's not being resolved or there's something here we need to address. It's only one of those three options. And as you rightly said, you know, you, you sit there and ultimately psychologically and subconsciously you're saying, what the heck am I doing here? And I know what that's like because recently I've had yeah. the same meeting four times where uh -huh. I've told the same person the same thing four times. Uh -huh. And I, I kind of joke about it in the end. And I say, you know, for goodness sake, will you write this damn thing down? You know? <laughs> yep. John, there's an, yep, there's an answer to this one too. Uh, the, the startup kind of sputtered out because mm -hmm. it wasn't moving anywhere. Correct. And then, and then a couple years ago, the owner... He still had the website. Mm -hmm. He still had the intellectual property. He still mm -hmm. had the the means to sell it online because it, it was based on an online training course. Yeah. He just uh, reactivated the front page of the website, sent an email to his list and announced on social media that the course was available mm -hmm. and made 11 sales of a $500 course just like that. There you go. Fantastic. And all of a sudden, the venture was back on again. And he even pointed out to me, it's like, I, it's funny. He's, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember his exact words, but he said, yeah. he said, we had all those meetings mm -hmm. and all we really had to do was tell people we existed. 
Correct. That's what yeah. it comes down to is are you, you know, are, are you in business just for fun, ha ha, or are you in business to make money? Yeah. You know, that's, that's, and a lot of people nice are kidding. just in business for funny, ha ha. Uh, you know, and that's something I've concluded that literally I will not go nice. to any meeting. I mean, I very rarely meet up with anybody because uh -huh. a lot of it, as you rightly said, is a vast waste of my time. I've done shows like that before. Um, you know, where you sitting there thinking, what the heck am I doing? You know, you know, being on this uh -huh. show, um, you know, when the show host is talking to you or singing at you or, or whatever, um, or talking at you, should I say. And it's the same with meetings. So I will go once. If we can't resolve the issue, then I will take the issue with me. I'll resolve it in my own time. And then I will fire the email to, you know, whoever it is with the issue resolved, because I will never have the same meeting twice. It is pointless. Um, right. And again, that's the difference between people that are going to succeed and the people that are just going to play fat around and waste their money. Right. Well, here is the um, well, here is the issue of and this, I think, is a great place to wrap up. I saw this in a meme and it really resonated with me. Um, I'm going to paraphrase it. I don't have it in front of me. He said the first time we talk about this, we can talk about the problem. Yeah. The second time we talk about this, we're talking about solutions or we're yeah. not talking at all. Mm -hmm. So what I got from that is sometimes you just got to vent, bitch, whine and moan, uh, <laughs> go through that valley of whether it's depression or discouragement, what have you, because it is the it is the feeling you have. It is the place you're in. And it's not for anybody else to say that you're not entitled to that. You're not allowed to that have that. It's wrong for you to have it. So what the meme says is, yeah, I'll give you some time. I'll listen to you if you just need somebody to listen. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be one conversation only. You yeah. want to talk with me about this a second time, I'm willing to help you again. But we're talking about how we're fixing it. Yeah. I, and I completely agree. And I think a lot of people, they want to stay, you know, sort of stuck. Uh, for, yeah. for a lot of you know again and it's and they go around the same thing over and over and over and over again and i completely agree with you so i would only ever when i was uh running my um sorry mentoring practice uh so in psychological um just thinking how to phrase it in psychological mentorship you know it would be literally one case as you say to talk about the issue mm -hmm. And I sometimes can diagnose straight away. And sometimes if it is the person that's the problem, I will tell them it's the problem. You know, it's like, and that's okay. Because at the end of the day, you're not paying me to always be bothering about your feelings because your feelings come from your thoughts. You know, right. you, it starts, it always starts with a thought. Your thoughts lead to your feelings, your feelings to uh -huh. your intentions, your intentions to your actions. Um, yeah. So when you can sit down and tell people, look, you are the root of your own problem, which is 99% of people, you know, that I've worked uh, with. Yeah, and well, they, yeah, yeah, I got I got one more for you, and I think you'll go love this. We're going to go a couple minutes over, if you have a couple minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Great, great, great. So um, I, this was back in 2021. I was in a session with my hypnotherapist. Great guy, mm -hmm. by the way. And, um, and we were discussing the whole thing about how I was having um, – uh, challenges relating to a woman I was dating at the mm -hmm. time. And this is after I was getting back in the game after uh, sitting out of it for a while. Okay. So, you know, some of the wheels were still a little rusty, what yeah. have you. And, um, and we were talking about how sometimes she seemed moody, hard to reach mm -hmm. um, her. Uh, she seemed to ebb and flow. And he showed me this short video of a man and a woman sitting on a couch and they were a couple. Mm -hmm. And the man is, and and the man is, or actually the woman is complaining that she has a really bad headache. And the man tries to point out to her that there's literally a nail sticking out of her head. <laughs> the point of it was, is he was trying to solve the problem yeah. of getting yeah. the nail out of her head. And she wanted him, and what she was looking for him from him was to listen to her feelings about her headache. Yeah. And what this taught me goes back to what we were discussing a moment ago, and I've had this with other relationships with women in particular, uh, you know, within a dating or romantic situation, mm -hmm. where when it comes to this sort of thing, uh, I'll do my best to establish a parameter with them fairly early on. And I'll say, uh, and I'll, I'll ask up front, 
are you looking for somebody to listen to you and commiserate with you? Or are you looking for somebody where you can tell me your problem and we work together on a solution? Yeah. I'm here for either one, but you have to tell me which one it is. Mm -hmm. And I found that just asking for that clarity up front can solve and mitigate, if not eliminate in a few cases at least, any confusion that can lead to frustration over that. It also reveals to you who that person is, you know, very, very over quickly. time. Over 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 time, because if all they ever want to do is complain, yeah. Um, yeah, and as I said, sometimes it's okay to just complain. Mm -hmm. uh, and I kind of go along with that meme I said. Uh, first time we chat about this, yeah. Uh, I will listen to you for an hour, just complain about how your life sucks. Tell mm -hmm. me everything about it. That's fine. You, you, uh, you want to ring me up tomorrow and talk about it some more? I'll say, that's great, but tomorrow we're talking about how we're fixing it. Uh-huh. That's really what it comes down to, you know, uh -huh. is, you know, are you there to fix the problem or are you there to sit and wallow? And again, where we where we really started off, you know, you will only ever have two decisions in your life to make. Are you going to do this and fix it or are you going to not and, and stay there and suffer? That's I think is a perfect place to end up. Now, you have an invitation for our audience here and I'm going to share it with, with them right now. So essentially, anybody who listens to the um, business creators radio show, which is the show we're on right now. So you approach John and you heard him on the business creators radio show. Tell him you did so. And you can have a 20% off discount on a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with John, where you can get way more in depth on some of the topics we covered today. So if you look in the show notes, you will find the link. I'm going to read it off twice. Slowly. It is the John Morris, the John Morris dot co dot uk forward slash creative hyphen business hyphen made hyphen simple hyphen home. That's a bit of a long one. Uh, so I'm going to say it one more time the John Morris dot co dot uk, it's a British domain forward slash. Creative business made simple home with hyphens between each of those five words. So that's where you can go to discover more about how the coaching works. Uh, you can also see how to get John's books. You can see how to get his courses. Pretty much the sky's the limit. But if you <laughs> wish to work with John, tell him you heard him on a business creators radio show. There's a 20% discount waiting for you. Absolutely. And, we and there we go. Absolutely. And with that, John, thank you so much for being with us today. It thank has been you, an honor, and believe me, an education. <laughs> thank you. It's been super fun, and I look forward to doing it again down the line with you. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day, take care.